Hello everyone, welcome to Double Rewind. I am your host, Stephanie Young, with my, co- not my co-host, but my other host. No, it is co-host. Oh, whenever I, you, I yes, think so of co-host, when... I associate with someone who's lesser than the host. No, I think it's like co-host, if like two people are doing a podcast, they're like both, podcast, they're both co-hosts. Uh, I don't if know. If I'm what... wrong, I'm wrong, but that's the way that I did it in my own No, yeah, I don't know. I just, I never want to make you feel less than. No, no, you're <laughs> fine. I appreciate you always, uh introducing the episode though because i just well you didn't say your name oh yeah i'm julian young (laughs) hello um welcome to double rewind your your podcast uh where two identical twin sisters me stephanie and my sister jillian um go back in time and look at different movies tv music entertainment that we should have seen a while ago and we introduce it to one another so i will see a movie that Jillian has requested I see, she'll see a movie that I request that she sees. Um, Usually one of us has seen it showing the other. Sometimes both of us haven't seen something and we will both watch it together. Yeah, I said this last time, but I mean, movies are easy to start with. We could also like dabble in the TV or music as well. So that could be for later. But um, yeah, it's been nice to be able to do the the movies. I mean, last week we both watched a movie we both hadn't seen, which was Bend It Like Beckham, which is was interesting. Um, and then this week it's kind of handed off to Stephanie again to show me a movie that I've never seen and we teased it at the end of last episode. Right, so we're gonna be discussing The Princess Bride today. Um, but before that, we're gonna do our first little, um, oh my gosh, what's the word? Segment. Top three? <laughs> yeah, our first segment, top three. Oh shit, oh, wait, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I have it. I think I have yeah, it. Yeah, so yes, yes. Um, top three for this week is because we did The Princess Bride, we decided to do the best fairy tale movies. Um, the only thing is we excluded Disney because I feel like that's a whole yeah. category in itself. Yeah. And I had to kind of distinguish that it's not fantasy movies. It's like fairy tale movies like yeah. for example i told jillian like lord of the rings i think of as like sort of fairy tale-ish but at the same it's time it's not it's a just fairy fantasy. tale it's fantasy well when you think of fairy people tale, are like guts coming out of their right faces. but sometimes i think of fairy tale as like creatures like elves and yeah dragons and stuff like that but so that's fantasy so this is fairy tale not but without disney because that could be a whole other category yeah i mean it's i'd say it's like fairy tale like a little bit loosely defined but like I guess it'll be interesting in what we choose and if one of us is going to be like that's not a fairy tale movie but we never know each other's responses until we kind of do this um so Jillian requested she goes first so yes because I didn't go first all right I haven't seen this movie in a really long time but I remember how much I loved it growing up my number three for fairy tale movies would have to be Ella Enchanted Okay. That was a real, and I haven't seen it in a while, so not, mm-hmm. can't promise it holds up. It stars Anne Hathaway, um, and it's, I, I, at first I was like, what was this about again? It's basically about a girl who's basically forced to do or say whatever someone asks her. She's under a spell. Um, and I don't remember a lot from the movie, but I remember watching it so many times growing up and being like, just falling in love with it. And I'm not the huge Aunt, a huge Anne Hathaway person, yeah. but it's a fantastic one. That's funny because I was looking up fairy tale movies and I saw that. It's not on my list, but I was like, I want to put this on, but I also, I can't because I have not seen it in like a decade. Yeah, me either. But I want but, to. Yeah, but I'm going to say- I remember say, loving it. Yeah, based on when I was a kid. Number two has to be Shrek. Okay. Shrek is Shrek is the best thing that's ever come out of DreamWorks. I don't yeah. think DreamWorks could ever make anything better than Shrek. Love How to Train Your Dragon. But Shrek, I feel like, is a movie that no one hates. Name, like, one person that hates Shrek. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody does. No. So Shrek is 100% number two. Number one has got to be 
a Cinderella story. Yeah, I knew you were going to put that <laughs> as number one. Classic. I I don't think I've ever loved a movie more growing up. Stars, of course, Hilary Duff, Chad Michael Murray. Um, it's a retelling on Cinderella, of course. But this is one of the best early 2000s, like, teen girl, but also fairy tale movie I've ever seen. Can watch it all day, any day. It's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's a plot twist. That's not even on my top. No way. (laughs) Oh my God. So a Cinderella story I love. You're kidding. When I really thought about movies that stick with me and I actually think are really, I mean, I feel like I'm going to give them my number three and you're already going to hate me, but like it's, I didn't put it on my list because these three movies, I I just love so much. Okay. So number three is going to be Beastly starring Alex Pettifer and Vanessa Hudgens. I remember seeing that movie, loving it. Obviously, it's a take on Beauty and the Beast. And I feel like a lot of people see it and they're either like, eh, it wasn't that good or, you know. I'm sorry. Beastly is fantastic. It is really good. Love Very that Very good movie. movie. So good. It's it's amazing. Um, So Beastly's number three. I forgot it was Alex Pettifer. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I used to have it's the fantastic. hugest crush on him. It's a great movie. Okay, so my number two is actually The Princess Bride. Which oh my is, god! Which is what we're actually going to be talking about today. Um, so I've always loved it, and I feel like it's a great fairy tale story. It's not like an adaptation of a normal fairy tale and all that. Um, so that's my number two, and then my number one is Shrek. Okay, yeah, Shrek is just elite. Shrek is just absolutely fantastic. It's it's one of the best kids movies of all time. Yeah, can I and just say I think a lot of people enjoy. They say Shrek Two is the best one, which I'm not denying. But to me, like the first one is always just going to hold a special place. Yeah. Um, it's just fantastic. Nobody hates it. It's it's you the hate best. Shrek, it's the best terrible. fairy tale story to me if we're excluding Disney. But it's yeah. it's just amazing. If anyone hates Shrek, like they're just a terrible human being. I don't know. I so don't get those that. are my top three. Yeah, fairy tale movies are really great. Um, I actually didn't know how many fairy tale movies I feel like I've enjoyed until I kind of researched it to make sure I had my yeah. list. But yours is a good list too. I like that. Yeah, well, I feel like from your reaction, I'm already telling where this conversation's going to go. <laughs> but okay, so we're going to talk about The Princess Bride. So The Princess Bride is a 1987 American fantasy adventure comedy film directed and co-produced by Rob Reiner. Love Rob Reiner. Didn't realize it until it said... By Rob Reiner. He's amazing. Stamp by Starring me. Carrie Elwes, Robin Wright, Mandy Paddenkin, Chris Sanders. Wow, sorry. Chris Sarandon, Wallace Shawn, Andre Rene Rusimov, who's Andre the Giant, and Christopher Guest. So Jeez. it was ad- adapted by William Goldman from his 1973 novel of the same name, and he's also the screenwriter. And it tells the story of a farmhand named Wesley, accompanied by companions befriended along the way, who must rescue his true love, Princess Buttercup, from Prince Humperdinck. So as I said, it was written by the author of the book, William Goldman, which I love to see, like, when authors write a book and then they also write the screenplay. He wrote that book in 1973. Um, And he's also written screenplays for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and All the President's Men. Unfortunately, I haven't seen those two, but it's definitely popular names. Yes. Um, And the last thing I said was The Princess Bride is a frame story where a young boy is being read the story of The Princess Bride by his grandfather one day when he's sick. A majority of the movie is the story that the grandfather is telling. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the general consensus of it. Um, 
when I read a, when I read a little bit about it, I wanted to make sure, but the story that he wrote is just the story. So in okay, the, the, so it's not a the movie is adding in the i the frame story of the grandpa reading to the son. Yes, okay, that makes sense. Okay, so I guess before we get into the discussion <laughs> questions, let's see what you have to say for it. So already from your reaction, I'm guessing what this is gonna go like. So I didn't really like it. And I hate saying that because I've never heard someone say they don't like this movie. And that's the thing. It's like there's there was nothing necessarily wrong with it. I just found it a little boring. And like I know your reactions take are these clips. I've just been looking at the camera. Just take <laughs> these clips and put it on our Instagram. Here, that's the th- I was very shocked though. Like Okay, wait. Can I just say one thing? Have you it gave me um, the vibe of, um, what's that like comedy that everyone loves? Monty Python. Monty Python. Why did it give me that vibe? But like it's you so- hate Monty Python. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of Monty Python. It sort of has that vibe, but to me, like it's it's like less ridiculous than Monty yeah. Python, which is, I think, the perfect like medium for me. Here's the thing. I loved the aspect of the grandfather telling the kid the story. Every every time they cut and you could see the kid getting more interested and more interested in the story, that really warmed my heart. And it's, it sucks because the first like three minutes of the movie when they're talking, I'm like, I am going to love this. And then I guess when they went through the story, um, you know what it also could have been? I feel like this movie has been very, very hyped up to me. For my entire life. From who? From like everyone. Like I remember in high school, you and a bunch of your friends in English class were like, oh my God, this is the greatest movie of all time. And I was like, oh wow, like this must be really amazing. I definitely didn't say that. No, not. I, I definitely, definitely said, said that I loved it. Yeah. Because I, I do th- love it. I will say, I think it's, I found it a little boring. Um, I will give it props that it's only an hour and a half. It was If it was longer than that, it would have not been great. Um, I think it's just that the care like I liked in the beginning just the really easy story of Buttercup and Wesley and how they fell in love and then how they think he died and I thought like I was gonna love these two characters from then on I just didn't really click with like any character I guess it's like I didn't really feel anything for any of the characters and I think that's a big issue with me for movies is if I don't truly care about not necessarily the main character but maybe a any character I find it hard to be interested in what they're doing I gotcha. Yeah. Well, I'm going to switch this question because we're not going to go back to it. But one of the questions I had for you was, did you like the frame story being included or would you have rather them focus on the fairy tale as it was? Oh, no. I, I thought it was so great that they framed it as a grandfather telling or telling his grandson the story. And it's also that part was the most beautiful part of the movie to me because it showed kind of... And I feel like when we're young kids, we also don't appreciate when it's like there's extended family that comes over and we're kind of like, I don't want to see anyone. And it was really sweet that at first he was like to his mom, can you just tell him I'm sick? And she's like, that's why he's here. And it's like just seeing the relationship between them get better and better throughout the movie and they become even closer just by this story. That is one aspect of this movie that I absolutely loved. I think if they didn't add that aspect, I would dislike this movie even more. Yeah. I mean, I obviously love the frame story a lot. I think what makes it even better is that it's a grandfather reading it to his grandson. Yeah. I I think that when it comes to this, it's almost interesting because in general, when it comes to the Princess Bride, 
men and women love it. So I think okay. it's it's kind of interesting how they chose the boy to be the story read to him because as you can see as it keeps going he becomes really interested in it yeah. so to me it's almost like hey everyone like this is a story that everyone can love boys and girls but obviously they wouldn't know the success of the movie until it came out yeah but I like the idea because usually when it comes to fairy tales um I feel like it's very sometimes geared or thought to be geared towards little girls yeah when it comes to fairy tales there's so much you can learn from it and there. It's not all about love all the time. And I think that when boys are growing up, I think they definitely are read fairy tales and they do enjoy it in the moment. But I guess when they get older, maybe some aren't as interested in it. But I think everyone can kind of agree on the fact that fairy tales definitely hold a very valuable place in our culture and just in education in general when it comes to teaching kids about lessons and, you know, getting them to empathize with different characters. So I love the frame story and I love how it is being told to a boy. Yeah, actually, I didn't even think about that. I do like it how it's being told to a boy because this story does have romance, of course, and love. And as he would say, like the kissing parts he doesn't like. But this story really does have more outside of that. It does have action. It has humor. um, It has a lot of different characters like interjected in it. It's not just like her and him and they have their like star-crossed lovers Mm -hmm. or Star, uh, like Romeo and Juliet but it, it, it thinking back this fairy tale actually did have more for a wider audience and I think that is something that I do respect about it now that you brought it up okay so the next thing I wanted to ask was why do you think screenwriter William Goldman wrote the screenplay the way he did with humor rather than staying true to his original book that focuses on a more conventional fairy tale path so he wrote the original book. It's very just the story. So why do you think he added in these like humor kind of aspects so, into the screen? So these humor aspects were not a part of the book. From what I was reading about the plot, it didn't seem like it had this like quirkiness to it. It was kind of just like the plot point straightforward. Again, I haven't read the book, but I tried to read the description and the plot of the book to get a sense if it was. And it, I did not get that sense. Okay. Um... I'm interested, I guess, to before I respond to know why. Do you know why? Like, oh no, I don't. I don't know oh, why. Um, I'm just asking you. I mean, to probably because I feel like if he followed his original story and put it to a to a movie, I feel like it wouldn't differ a lot from other fairy tales. I honestly feel like people would find it super boring because it would be very it it follows all the tropes. I feel like of normal fairy tales, and I feel like there had to be something in this story to make it more unique and more different than others. And I think maybe that humor is actually what differentiates it from the conventional fairy tale. So I I will give him props for adding the humor because I feel like if there wasn't like a big humor aspect of this film, I think it would be glossed over very quickly by audiences. Yeah, I mean, I have two kind of theories. One, I think kind of what you said is it really adds something different to the story and makes people like see these characters that they would in a book or movie and then kind of flip it a little bit to be how these characters might actually be if they were actually dealing with these situations in quote-unquote real life. That's fair. Um, But the other thing that I love is I feel like they added the humor because the way I took this movie is when the grandfather's reading the book to the grandson, grandfathers, when they tell stories, always kind of like either elaborate on things or kind of like put some kind of humor like element to it or exaggerate it. Exaggerate. Way. That's a so good I word. So I feel like when 
the grandfather's reading the book. It's probably the exact book that William Goldman wrote, but he exaggerates it to be a little bit more funny for the boy. So I take it as the whole movie is the story as it's written, but being told in the way a grandfather would read it to his grandson, which I find even more adorable and even more unique. And I think that's what makes a good storyteller. Like, now that you brought that up, thinking about it, like, growing up, we were, like, for example, in elementary school, we had a librarian. She read us books. We'd Mm -hmm. all sit on the carpet like we always do. And it's the way she told the stories and the way she showed the photos and she spoke in different, like, um, voices. And I feel like... That's what makes the grandfather great, being able to kind of exaggerate that. Because you could tell a kid the same story, have two different people tell it, and one could be wildly different from the other. Yeah. So I really love that aspect of like, yeah, he was a good storyteller. I feel like if you're not a good storyteller to kids, they're going to fall right asleep. You know what's really funny now that we talk about this? What? I think that's I mean I'm not gonna change my rankings but I forgot about a complete movie that would have been in my top three what big fish wait I that was on my short list I call it a short list and then I pick my three big fish oh my was gosh, on my short that, list that would have been in my top three without a shot well what would it have been I'm um, not gonna edit anything but <laughs> I'm pretty sure it probably would have been like um Shrek number one, Big Fish number two, and The Princess Bride number three. So what? which one? Beastly would have got knocked, but Damn. I'm glad that we brought Beastly up. Be- Big but Fish? But Big Fish makes me sob. Yeah, sob uncontrollably. Okay. That is a great one. Anyway, but just forgot about that. Um, okay, so the other question I had um, was, what did you think of Princess Buttercup? So do you feel female characters in fairy tales need to have a modern, quote-unquote, strongness to them? I think it depends on when the story is written or explained. So, like, this was in 1987. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like the way females were viewed in 1987 is very different from how females are viewed now. I feel like... Sorry. I feel like there's a different way of almost doing it, because... This was written in eighty seven, but this is in like the Renaissance time. So obviously, no, I know, but the movie the movie came out in nineteen eighty seven. Right, right. I just but wanted yeah, to. I think. I mean, definitely, the vibe of the story was telling more of like in that medieval time. So yeah. I feel like it makes sense. I mean, I guess if I'm gonna say it, to have Princess Buttercup be kind of bland, to be honest, um, I do feel like. Do female characters in fairy tales need to have a modern strongness? I feel like at this point in 2023, of course the way a female in a fairy tale or a princess in a fairy tale, I feel like should differ a little bit than it did back then. Times have changed. I don't think it needs to be like this feminist fairy tale, but I do think that it, I personally would like to have a female character in a fairy tale have certain quote unquote strong elements to them Mm -hmm. because I feel like it gives them more of a unique personality. It makes them better in this modern time, but it also makes them more like a quote unquote attractive character to really anybody. I I would love for, I, I think now, yes, I think they need to have a little bit more of a modern strongness. Can they have stereotypes? Sure. Cause it's mm-hmm. a story, but I personally would like to see that like princesses that are now different than the way we viewed them back then. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like princess buttercup. She's not my favorite character. No, by she's far. probably one of the worst. Um, but I will say that yes, the time it was written, but I also feel like with Princess Buttercup is she's never been given the tools to really 
have any skills to have that strongness. And I feel like the one part that she was able to in the movie to kind of use like her persuasiveness is when Wesley is taken away and she makes the deal of saying like, if you keep him safe, I will go with you yeah. when Prince Humperdinck is looking for her. Um, so she kind of makes that sacrificial deal. To me, that has a strong element to her is that she loves him so much she's willing to sacrifice herself. But I think when we think about strong princesses now, we think of like, oh, they have to beat someone up or they have to like oh, know, how to, that. know how to use swords or like something like that. And I feel like sometimes the strongest thing that we don't realize for female characters to have in fairy tales and movies is that they don't have to have that they don't have to be equated to men to be strong. Yeah, and they, when I was saying strong, I meant more like no, mentally yeah. than them being like physically strong. Or yeah, so I think that that's something we don't realize. And a lot of times in, fem- in movies now when we try to make female characters stronger, it feels so forced, which is something that I hate because there's something so strong about women in general and what they have to offer that all you have to do is build on those things in order to make a character strong. And you don't have to make them like physically strong and equate them to men to give them purpose in a story. But like, even think about it, Ella Enchanted, you remember what happens at the end, right? Like she's able to defy what they want her to do and want her to say, and she stands up for herself. Mm -hmm. That is a strong character. Yeah. That's why at the end of that movie, she is such an amazing character and just being able to mentally do that, that's what makes a strong character for me. So like, even back then, I don't even remember when that movie was made, probably the early 2000s. But like, I liked that type of take on it rather Mm -hmm. than I guess, I guess I I would rather watch a story more like Ella Enchanted than something like this. Yeah, so I wanted to bring this up because this is the only time in the movie that Princess Buttercup, I was like, girl, like, what are you doing? Is when Wesley is fighting, like, the little, the beast boarish kind of thing, and she's just sitting there. Well, what is she supposed to do? She's not helping. Like, she's not... Does she have... But she didn't have any weapons. I don't care. If I saw someone I loved being, like, killed by a beast... I would try to do something. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but that's, what, that's, why she, that's why she sucks. She's but not that great. To me, it was just funny. It's just like, she's just kind of watching and I'm like, what are you Bitch, doing? What are you like, doing? Do something. But other than that, like, I think she's fine. I I don't think she's the best, but I don't really have a problem with her. Um, I didn't like her. I, I, I just, not that I didn't like her. I just didn't find anything super cool about her to make me care. I gotcha. Um, And then I feel like we've been talking a lot about surrounding this story, but I kind of want to get more into like some of the plot elements of it. So I want to ask you if you had a favorite character and if you had a favorite scene. Oh, wow. Um, You know, if I had to pick a favorite character, is his name Anigo? Anigo. Anigo, yeah. I would say he was my favorite character. Anigo Montoya. Yeah, I would say he's my favorite character. I think it's because in the beginning he was more like villainized because they're trying to take the the princess. Mm -hmm. But I feel like as you go on, like him, like the masked figure helping him get up the mountain and then at the end being on their side, I feel like he was the strongest and most like unique character. I feel like I saw so many different sides to him and I think that's why it's like, why couldn't we have had more characters like him? I really I really did enjoy his character if I had to pick something. Favorite scene? I mean, I would definitely say the scene where they put the poison in the cups. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, we're going to have like an out. What's the contest? It's like a uh, 
outwitting outwitting contest and of course it's like he puts poison in one not the other and he gives it to the bad guy and he's like which one do you drink and then he's basically saying the thing like well you probably put it in this cup because of this but then that's what you think that i would think and like that was a really funny scene and i think by the end like of course you find out that he put poison in in both cups but he's built up a tolerance so i think that whole thing was was probably the most engaging scene for me yeah i mean my favorite character too is inigo montoya oh good i I, I love him um i think he's so funny he's so interesting i love how he just from the second even though he's on like the quote-unquote villain team you could tell that he's definitely not yeah um my favorite scene um, is definitely the one of the ones you said about okay. the poison. Because the first time I was watching this, I was like, You try okay, to guess yourself. I'm trying to like guess myself, but at the same time, I'm like, no matter what, this guy has a 50-50 chance. No matter what, even if he can outwit him. Yeah. So then when he they both drink it, I was sitting there the first time and I'm like, how is this gonna like how is this going to be realistic yeah. in any sense? And then when he dies, I'm like, oh my God, how did he know that he was going to drink that one and then switch it? And then he's like, oh, I've I've grown a tolerance toward this poison. Yeah. And I just thought that was genius and I loved that. Yeah. Um, Keeps you guessing. My other favorite scene is finally when Inigo discovers the man who has six fingers that killed his father. Yeah. And then they have that sword fight. And it's it's one of the most popular quotes. I don't know if you knew that this was popular or from this movie when he says, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Yeah. The only quote I've heard about is the inconceivable. Yeah. And then when he said it, I was like, so this is the shit that it's from. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I really like that too. Um. But yes, so is there any, when you were watching it, aside from that, is there any quotes that you recognize? You're like, oh, wow, it's from this movie. It really was only the inconceivable. And like that one that you mentioned sounds vaguely familiar. Um, But I think besides inconceivable, there was no quotes that I had heard where I was like, oh, I've heard that before. You never heard as you wish? It's a pretty common phrase. No, no, (laughs) not really. When have you ever heard someone say, as you wish? In like any old fairy tale movie. Okay, well this is like, it was like his very special thing, like anytime Princess Buttercup, he would say nothing because he was the farmhand of her and she had a crush on him and she'd say, can you do this? Every single time he'd just look at her with like his blonde curls and go, as you wish, and then she would just like try to not show that she was swooning and then leave. Oh, I understand. Um, yeah. So that's definitely a quote. But I mean, it was adorable when the grandfather said it at the end. Oh, at yeah. At first, I thought way too deep into it. And then I'm like, there's no way. I was like, oh my God, is this story based on his own life? <laughs> but then I was like, no, it's just like a cute saying. Yeah, I think that there's so many. I guess I t- you kind of said why you weren't huge on the movie. I guess I'll kind of say why I really enjoy this movie. Um, I just... I'm obsessed with fairy tales in general, um, but just because it's a fairy tale doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be great for me. But I think the first time I saw this was one of my friends from high school showed it to me. And when she said The Princess Bride, I looked at the cover. I'm like, okay, so it's going to be a little fairy tale. I don't know if I'm going to love this. That was me. And then I watched it and I loved the frame story. And then I realized that it had the comedy and there was just so many scenes that I remember loving when it ended that when it ended I was like oh this was so sweet and I loved it and I love the comedy in it I think it's so charming and it's one of the few movies that has wit and lovable to me lovable characters and all of this that adults can love but you can show this to the youngest of children 
Yeah, this movie is absolutely for everybody, and there's nothing objectionable about it. You can show it to anyone. Adults will enjoy it. Kids will love it. And I just think it's an overall incredible film. That's good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. So, (laughs) all right. um, I mean, it got bumped to number three, but... Right. So, yeah. All right. So, we'll go into some trivia. Um, So, Robin Wright, who plays Princess Buttercup, and and Carrie Elwes, who plays Wesley, were smitten with each other during filming, naturally helping their chemistry in the movie. Is that the princess and Wesley? That's what I just said. Oh, I'm so sorry. You just said the names. Elvis said that he couldn't couldn't concentrate on much of anything after that first encounter with Robin. So I want you to kind of talk about that. And then I kind of wanted to talk about in general, this whole thing about co-stars dating and then having that chemistry and just what your whole opinion is on all this. So I like felt their chemistry in the beginning when they told that really quick story about how they fell in love. Like the way they looked into each other's eyes, like I was feeling it. Um, and I like the, I don't know. I understood her as a princess, like swooning about him because he's just like this little farmer boy, boy, but he has like beautiful eyes and everything. Um, that's, I mean, there, there's a lot of times when co-stars like quote unquote fall in love or they start dating. I mean, I think it's great if they're in love when they're filming. I mean, the thing that, I mean, here's the thing. This movie's a one-off. So that's great for this movie. Example, Outer Banks. Chase Stokes and Madeline Klein broke up before the third season. Their chemistry wasn't there as much. Oh my gosh, to me that just shows you're a terrible actor. No, 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 no. You need to maintain. Okay, you can't say anything about Outer Banks because you've never seen it. Well, I'm just saying but you just said, no, you no, said no. the chemistry was off. No, but it was also written to be off. Okay, well then that's different. So it was written to be off. Like, their chemistry was good when they had to be, but the way the story went... Their chemistry had to be off. And I'm wondering if they're like, let's put some conflict in between them because maybe it'll work. But I mean, I think it's fine for co-stars to date as long as it doesn't change the like filming in general. If anything, it probably helps filming. I don't think they dated though. It just says that he was smitten with Well, her. if they're smitten, then you might as well just love your job you chemistry. Yeah, I think um, that is great. If you're a co-stars and you fall in love, for sure. If I there's th- a second... Movie or season? I read that and I thought that was adorable. I do think that is very cute. And I could feel them in the very beginning with that. Um, Okay. When Count Rugen hits Wesley over the head, Carrie Elwes, who's Wesley, told Christopher Guest to go ahead and hit him for real. Guest hit Elwes hard enough to knock him unconscious, lacerating the top of his head. Projection was shut down for the day while Elwes went to the hospital. Wait a second, but did they take the scene? Like, when, when they hit him over the head and he went unconscious, was that the actual cut that they put for the movie? I'm not positive, I'd do but I'd do I'm it. guessing. Oh my Possibly. god. But the thing is, to me, is... is why actors is, should not have say into what, what is happens. The guy who plays Wesley did tell him to do it? Yeah, but that's an actor base. Like, the director could have been like, no, we're not doing that. Well, maybe he said it behind... I don't know, maybe he just said it to him, but... Yeah, that's terrible. Come on. That makes me think that he can't, he's not good enough to act unconscious. He actually has to have someone almost kill him. I don't think he thought he was going to be unconscious. Well, he said to hit him for real. So if you get a hit to the head in any way, that's not good for a person. Yeah, but it's not a real rock. Well, was it? Oh. No, no. They definitely used something else. Oh, well, uh, it sounds like I it might have been read, a rock. I think I, I think I read that they 
the boulders were like styrofoam things of some sort. Like okay, on the well, trivia. it makes sense if it was a real rock. Okay, maybe it was a rock. I There's don't know. no way a man would say, hit me over the head with a rock unless he has a massive ego. I'll have to look up and see if they kept that as the... That is crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, so Liam Neeson revealed on the Graham Norton show in 2007 that he auditioned for Fezzik, who's um, the Andre the Giant. No, oh, Andre the Giant. Okay. Um, Director Rob Weiner scoffed when he heard that Neeson's height was only six foot four. Wait, is this man who's actually in the movie like seven feet tall? He's seven foot four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, so, Liam Neeson. You're not Yeah, it. so it's funny because obviously six foot four is so tall, but that's so interesting that because um, nowadays all they would do is choose whatever actor they wanted and just- And just make him taller. Give him stilts or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I love Liam Neeson- but obviously, like, I think Andre the Giant did a great job in this I movie. I feel like Liam Neeson was probably just thinking, like, you can just put me on stilts. And then people are like, no, we want the real thing. Just like yeah. we want someone to hit someone over the head for real. Right. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. I, I don't see Liam Neeson playing that character. I don't know. I don't see it. I love Liam Neeson. Do I see him playing that character? Not really. Yeah, maybe not. Six foot four. Just know, like, you're a short king if you're <laughs> six foot four. <laughs> Okay, um, and then the last one was Carrie Elwes and Mandy Patton, Pattenkin performed all of their own sword fighting stunts. So Mandy Pattenkin is Inigo. Um, okay. They performed all of their own sword, sword fighting after many hours of training. According to Rob Reiner, the only stunt performed by Elwes' stunt double was one flip during the chatty duelist scene. So when they first meet and they're like chatting and they're dueling, there's a, there's a very cool flip that he does on a rock that is the only stunt apparently that they used a stunt double and they did their own sword fighting themselves wait what about the scene where he jumps from the rock he like holds onto bars like a gymnast would do and then he flips they cut that's not was not him that might not have been i'm just saying this was according to rob reiner the that was one of the only it was probably one of the only ones, but they did all of their own sword fighting. So they Oh yeah, for did, sure. There's yeah, no so, cuts there. And the sword fighting is very like great and authentic in the movie. Yeah. So that's really cool that they spent hours doing that. Yeah, the flips know. the flip makes sense, but the one like gymnast flip, they definitely cut. I saw it cut and I was like, that's what stunt doubles are for. Yeah. Maybe but that's, that's really those impressive are the only two. But. I think it's really impressive when people want to try to do their own stunts. Tom Cruise, great. Glad you do your own stunts. But that's that shows that I like when actors want to do more than just act because they feel really, um, they just or want to be in the film, like, in yeah, a Yeah, so I thought that was cool. Um, there were a lot of, there was a lot of continuity goofs in I'm general sure. where, like, you know, the camera goes off and, like, something's out of place. But I tried to choose ones that were a little more interesting. Okay. So the first one is when Buttercup is talking to the man in black on the hill, which is obviously Wesley, some obviously modern houses are visible in the valley behind her. I feel like if I watched that again, I could probably notice that. I didn't realize that. Well, it's because they probably filmed in a place that had houses around it, right? I mean, they didn't, like, build this whole entire thing. Right. Unless they did. But that's they never so know. interesting. I'll have to go back. Yeah. Um, the next one is when Wesley and Vizzini have the Battle of Wits. Oh, Vizzini cool. uses the term goblets for the, for the vessels that contain the wine and iocane powder every time, except for the very last time before they drink it, and he says glasses. I wouldn't have known that. I mean, goblets, glasses. It's also like, even if they said different words, I'd be like, well, 
words can be interchangeable with certain but things. Clearly, it's not a glass. It's a goblet. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. But, like, that's another thing. It's like, when he says glasses, there's no one on the set, like, that's wrong. No, they just put it in. Maybe they so thought it was such a me. good... People, I mean, continuity coordinators are not doing their jobs. Oh, when I read some of these things on here, I think there's one that I wrote down where I'm just like, come on. The next one that we, okay. that I read, I'm just like, come on. When the grandfather turns to the grandson at the end, he's wearing a jacket with stripes. Immediately before and after, he's wearing a plain brown jacket. Did you notice that when you watched it? No. I would have not noticed but it at all. But at the same time, like that, how do you just change the jacket. Well, I feel like, like I have to like go you back film one see. day, and then you go the next day. You're just like, you know, I don't really care what I saw him wear last time. Let's put him in this. That is just laziness. I feel like that's so easy to spot that maybe like something happened to that jacket. They're like, we physically don't have it anymore, but we have to film it. But that's like an that's like when you said yeah. One Tree Hill, Haley's wearing different shoes every single time. It's like, but think about it. We didn't notice it. So how are these people noticing yeah, but it? I'm, I mean, they're editing the film and that's stuff. That's true, they but really I am understand. just clueless when it comes to this stuff. So I I'm not the, the target audience to yeah. make sure that these are, I did know. catch the Twinkie one in Zombieland, but that's about it. Yeah. And then the last one I had is when the man in black knocks Fezzik out and is rolling him over, there's a large rock in the way. At the end of the shot, the rock has moved over to allow room for Fezzik's head. I didn't realize that either. I don't real. I didn't realize any of these goofs. And it's like, ugh. yeah, I mean, it happens. There's always, get- I've never realized how many goofs are in movies until you go to IMDb and you search any movie and there's pages of goofs. Yeah, I mean, the first one that I mentioned about the houses in the valley behind her remind me of, like, the Game of Thrones, like, Starbucks thing, which the Starbucks thing is so oh, that much there's a worse. St- yeah, that is so terrible. Because that's, like, your time frame isn't even right at that point. That's terrible. I mean, same thing with this, but, like, that's also, like, a company logo. Yeah, but at the same time I read they were filming in England and Ireland, and, you know, like, you can't, like... You can't change. I mean, you can shoot away from the houses, but you can't take the houses out. You can take a Starbucks yeah, out. <laughs> you can easily do that. Um, okay, so those were the goofs. Now we have the success of the movie. So the movie was made for $16.1 million, and it made 30.9, which is technically not very successful. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's over even, but... Right, so it says, The film was first released in the United States on September 25th, 1987, and it was well-received by critics at the time. After only having modest success, success at the box office at first, it has over time become a cult film and has been considered as one of the best films of the 1980s and one of Rob Reiner's best works. Right, this isn't better than Stand By Me. The film is number 50 on the Bravo's 100 Funniest Movies, number 88 on the American Film Institute, AFI's Top 100, um, of the 100 Greatest film love stories and 46 in channel 4's 50 greatest comedy films list the film also won the 1988 hugo award for best dramatic presentation so then in 2016 the film was also selected by the library of congress for preservation in the united states national film registry as being culturally historically historically or aesthetically significant so no matter what the success of this movie was you can it everybody does, everyone just knows that not only did it 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 won these kind of awards but it's yeah. considered in the top 100 AFI movies that's are you sure yeah this looks like a different list 
than the like the eh, I don't know. It definitely is. I've looked up the, the America's AFI and it's definitely in there. Oh gosh. Um but yeah, so it's it was put in the Library of Congress for preservation. Wow. And wait, what is this Hugo Award? I always hear movies winning this Hugo Award, and I don't know what it is. Um Oh, you know, to be honest, I don't I've actually don't know if I've heard a lot about the Hugo Awards. I feel like I've heard films get a Hugo Award, and I'm like, what's a Hugo Award? You know what the best award a film can get, though, is? What? The Truly Moving Picture Award. Oh, yeah. What are some movies that have gotten the Truly Moving Picture Award? Bridge to Terabithia. Oh, absolutely. Um, What are some others that were really, really good? Um, You know Bolt has it from Disney? Oh, I've come never on. seen it. That movie's not that good. Um, there's definitely others that had it. I have a list. I used to have a list of the Truly Moving Picture Award movies. Um, but yeah, that's an award I strive. Like, I well, that's just... because of a movie from the Truly Moving Picture Award is what got us into films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's very good. But yeah, so it's it's become so culturally significant. Even before you saw it, you knew of it. You yeah. You knew it was important. Um, interesting. It's interesting. I've never met anyone who didn't like it other than you. Yeah, I know. That's why, like, I... I'm afraid for backlash, but it's like, it's not even necessarily that there was anything bad about it. It's like specifically my opinion of just being a little bored and not being super interested in the characters. But like, I can't be like, this was bad. This was bad. It's just, I don't know. Maybe it just wasn't my thing. I think the other thing about this movie that makes it so good is it really is a timeless movie. No matter how many years go by, it's never going to age or it's never going to be out of style. Ever. Well, yeah, for people to like it. No, but just in general, because fairy tales don't go out of style. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the only thing that could quote unquote, like, go out of style one day is people being like, people don't read books to others. We just like... Oh, that's going to be a sad put, day. We just put VRs on our heads and pretend like we're riding cars. Oh, driving no. cars or whatever. No. Books will always be important. Support your local library. Love books. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's pretty much what I had for The Princess Bride, but... We got to rate this movie. Oh, for me, it's like a 9 out of 10. All right, thank God. So so we are rating out of 10 now. Well, to me, it's an easy 9 out of 10. Well, you know what I realized when we had that debate was that... So I understand how visually people say it's different. But, like, then you said, well, what if I want to rate something like an 8.5? That's why 10 is the better scale, because you can be more specific. I, I rate things how I feel. If I so, feel like it's a 4 out of 5, it's 4 out of 5. If I it's feel, I feel it, like, I do right. it. Right. So it's an 8, <laughs> it's, an, it's a 9 out of 10, or a 4.5 out of 5. All right, so we're going to do, yours is a 9 out of 10. Oh, gosh. I don't want people to hate me. Um, I would give it a... 5.5 out of 10. It just wasn't my thing. Rough. It just wasn't my thing. I wanted to like it so much. I'm sorry. I'm probably the only person in the world that doesn't really enjoy it we'll that see. much. So I'd be sorry. interested. Uh, question for people is just if you listen to this episode, DM us. Like, have you seen The Princess Bride and do you love it? I also think it's possible if I saw this movie 10 years ago, I might have had a different feeling about it. Why? I think just my mindset of, like, I just saw less films in my life 10 years ago. And I just feel like, I feel like a lot of people like you and your friends saw it in high school and loved it. I'm seeing it way post-college. I don't know. Maybe I'd feel differently. Maybe I'd feel the same, but I don't I know. did watch it last week, though. I know, that's and true. And I still loved it. Yeah, I thought you were going to watch it and be like, it doesn't hold up as much. I All showed right, this I to, my, to my high school class when I taught for a year. Yeah, people and, are going to uh, hate me. Yeah. 
Sorry. Right, so that's what I have. So I guess now you're going to introduce what I'll be watching for next week. Yes. So you are going to be watching um, He's Just Not That Into You. Oh. So you are I feel be- like this is such a cop-out because you literally saw it two days ago. Doesn't matter. It is a very rewindable movie. I didn't realize we're... Well, at the time, you and I are like the only people who haven't seen it. I told my friend Leanne, I'm like, you, have you seen this? She's like, I am a red-blooded American woman. So yes, I've seen this movie. So I feel like so many people have seen this. Yes, I did see it two days ago, but it's from 2009. And it's a movie that so many people have seen. So many people added on like their favorite rom-coms. So we're going to be doing next week our top three favorite rom-coms. This is so interesting because aside from the title... I've low-key, like, never heard of this movie. Yeah, that's it. Well, you've heard of it from the title. I just, like, if someone said, like, he's not that into he's you. He's just not he's that just into He's just not that into you. The first, when you said that movie a couple days ago, the first thing that popped into my mind was the movie She's Out of My League. Yeah, so I also, yeah. Which I have still, which I also have not seen. Yeah, I thought, I, so I, I mentioned this in my review. My therapist told me to watch this movie. And, like... At first, I was like, I don't know why I also was like, is that Forgetting Sarah Marshall? I feel like all these movies, like, were in the same bucket to me. And then I, I looked it up and I was like, there, there's, this is a star-studded cast. No, I, I saw the cast, but yeah. again, I still didn't know the cast at all. Didn't know what this movie was about. I just knew the title. And no, it did not rank in, like, the way that you think about, like, 13 going on 30. Not the way for you a lot. about, like... I think you'd be surprised you know. how many people that I actually talk to after this, and they're like, yeah, I've seen that movie. It's amazing. So you're going to be watching it. You know what also I associated this movie with? What? What to expect when you're not expecting. It's all the same shit. It's all the it's same all movie. It's all long titles. It's literally all the same movie. This one is different. It's different. I'll so I'm, like, very excited I, for I'm, you to watch I'm it. I'm interested because... If there's anything I'm the most critical of in this world, it's romantic comedies because it's my least favorite genre of all time. Okay, 500 Days of Summer is a romantic comedy. No, but that's why it's so important to me because it's like one of the only good Okay, ones. but there's like varying, like a romantic comedy I feel like can all be in the romantic comedy category, but they're a little different. Like for, for example, like Forgetting Sarah Marshall is so much different than 500 Days of Summer, but they're both rom-coms. This, I feel like, falls into a very in-between category for that. So I'm very excited for you to see it. And then we can rank our favorite rom-coms. I feel, like I feel like I'll have about three, so this shouldn't be that difficult. Maybe this one will make it in. You never know. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous for you to see it, but yes, so Stephanie's going to be watching that next week. So if Anyone wants to see that movie before our next episode comes out? Also, DM us if DM me if you just like me have low key like never heard of this movie. You've heard of it. I've heard of the title, but I don't know anything about it. But you've heard of it. That's the only thing. I've also heard of it. Well, I've also heard rounds. of it in the way that friends say like I just think he's just not that into you. I think oh, well, that's the only reason I've heard of it is cuz it's the a movie. saying that see happens. the movie it all makes sense. I'm right. very excited. All right, well, that's our show. Yeah. So we're going to be coming back in two weeks again. Um, So I'm showing Stephanie a movie, and then we'll probably end up doing something the next week that we both haven't seen. So hope everyone has a great Monday if you're listening to this on Monday or whatever day of the week, and we'll see you next time. All right, see ya.